0: So, we've been in this series called, uh, Your Future Self Will Thank You, and here's the deal, all of us, well, let me just ask the question, how many of you are getting older? (laughs) Just making sure you're still awake and with me. Um, All of us are getting older, and here's what happens. I'm learning this more and more as I get older, and it's happening to many of you. As you get older, at some point, you look back and you think, oh, I wish I would have. Have you ever thought that? Oh, I wish. Have you ever been a parent? Oh, I wish I would have, or I wish I wouldn't have, or I wish this would have been my path instead of, I wish I would have made that decision. And we can't change our past, can we? We can't change it. So. What would it look like for us to get really intentional and focused on the little decisions we're making today, knowing that every decision we make today is shaping our future self? Now, let me give you an easy example of this. Um, when I started working uh, back in in uh, nineteen, well, I, I started working earlier than this, but my first like full time job out of college, um, like. I I sat down, I I signed a contract to be a youth pastor, and I, when I saw the number of what they were going to pay me, I thought to myself, how am I ever going to spend all of this money? (laughs) I mean, it was $14,000, guys. I mean, it was unbelievable, and I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to do with all this money. And I sat down with a financial planner, and some of you are like, you what? I, I sat down with a friend of mine. His name was Jeff Janess. I'm so thankful for, uh, for Jeff in my life. And I would just gotten married. Robin and I were, were newly married. And I sat down with Jeff. And, and Jeff said to me, he said, Matt, he said, I'm telling you, you need to make some key decisions today, get some habits in your life financially, and I'm telling you, your future self will thank you. He probably didn't use those words, but I wanted to use them for the impact right now. Your future self will thank you. And, um, and I said, well, help me with what are those decisions that I need to make? And he said, well, I believe with everything I am that you should give to the local church. You should take 10% of everything that you make and you should just give it to the local church and let the church do whatever they want to do with it and trust them and love them and invest that way. And he said, that's up to you. That's personal. He said, but I want to talk to you as a financial planner. So that first 10% I think should go to the church. Second 10% you, you actually don't have a choice about. I said, really? He said, yeah. You need to put it into a retirement account for yourself. And you need to start today. And I'm telling you, if you start today, you'll never miss it. It's really not that much anyway, how much you're making. It's like tiny. (laughs) But but if you will put away 10% of everything you make for your retirement, there's this law of compounding interest. And it's a beautiful thing. And if you'll invest over time a small amount, 10% of everything that you make, as your income increases, just continue. I'm telling you, when you you retire, you'll be so far ahead of your friends, of people who didn't think. Listen, I opened my statement this last week that I got from my retirement account. I have no idea how I'm gonna spend all of that money in (laughs) retirement. No, that's not true. I, I look at it and I think, oh my goodness, I'm never gonna get to retire, but, Listen, it has grown, and this last year in the markets were so good. It has grown so much, and I am so thankful that someone sat down to me financially and said, you need to make some decisions, some small decisions today that will impact your future in a way greater than you will ever realize. Listen, that's just money, guys. How much more important are our relationships? Relationships with our our loved ones, with our coworkers, with our neighbors, with our kids, Those relationships are so much more important than money. I mean, money is important, but the relationships. And so what would it look like for us to make some key decisions today that create a future self that looks back and says, thank you for doing that. So we started with this, start with prayer. That was the first one, out of the gate. Hey, let's not save prayer for the the last resort. Let's start with prayer and let's start with prayer so that we ask God, invite God into the processes of our life because we believe that God can see more than we can see. Don't don't you believe that God can see more than you can see? Like his perspective is so much greater, so let's talk to him first instead of last. Then the second week, so start with prayer, and then the second one was believe the best. And we talked about this idea of capturing every thought and holding it captive to, to Jesus, to the teachings of Jesus. To, to saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to capture every thought and I'm going to believe the best in the way that Jesus wants me to believe in these situations. And then last week I stepped on some of your toes. Uh, watch your words. You remember this one? Oh, watch your words. And I talked about, oh, it was a dangerous thing to talk about cussing. But I talked about cussing or cursing or swearing, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I, was, I was with a friend this week and he said, you know, I really want to cuss right now. But I'm afraid that if I do, you, you, you might use it in a sermon and I said, well, I'm, I'm probably going to use that in a sermon. So it's beautiful. <laughs> but it's so easy just to not think about our language and how it Im- impacts the people around us. And, and more importantly than, than that, um, your words, Scripture tells us this, and we all know this to be true, that, that our words have the power of life and death in them. Like they're either poison or they're fruit. And, and the way that we wrapped up last week is, is we said our words are either bullets or they're seeds. They're one or the other. But only, only we can choose. You, you're the one who can, who can choose how your words are going to be used. They can either, like, really destroy and, and cut people down, or they can be the, the things that plant seeds of life and encouragement. So we said, watch your words. Let, let's make decisions about the kind of words that we use in our lives today. And then today, so I'm going to wrap us up. In the next few minutes, and I want to talk about love and what it means to choose love every single day. Um, when I stood with Robin in our marriage ceremony in Anderson, Indiana, East Side Church of God, I, I she was beautiful. She's more beautiful today than she was back then. But I thought like in that moment, some of you will will get this. I thought in that moment, I am more in love today than I ever have been and I will never love her more than I love in this moment right right now. Like repeating these vows, you know. And here's the deal, I I barely knew her. Like I I learned over time that there was so much more depth and love to be shared. I, I only knew this much of love in that moment. And I I learned that love isn't just something you say in one moment, at one place, at one time, but love is a choice that you have to make each and every day. And listen, my parents walked through a divorce and I believe it's part of the reason is because they didn't choose to love each other every single day. They didn't do the hard work of love in the early days and and a rift was created and it led them on on a path that they wish they could change. Love is something you have to choose every single day. It's not just an emotion like the world tells us. It's not just a feeling that we have. But love, biblical love, godly love, is something you have to choose each and every day. Jesus said this. This is my commandment. This is it. His disciples near the end of his life, here it is. Like if you want to know what Jesus wants for you, if you want to know what is the commandment of Jesus, here it is. Love is each other, like love one another the same exact way as I'm loving you now. And Jesus said, this is it. That's the commandment. That's it. If, if you can just focus on that one thing. So here it is. For your future self to thank you, what would it look like to choose love each and every day now? And over and over in the New Testament, Paul is telling us again and again and again that love is the center. It's at the center of the Christian life. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you've received the grace of God and you've leaned into it, then Paul tells us again and again, love is your path. Like above everything else, all the laws, sacrifice, all that stuff that's in Scripture, love is the thing that matters most. It's so simple, isn't it? No, it's not. I mean, it's simple to say it. Hey, what's the most important thing in the world? Love. Yeah, it wasn't a trick question there. Love. But it's so hard to choose it, isn't it? It's so hard to, to develop the capacity and the practice of loving the people around us because pretty quickly we run into people who aren't like us, who, who don't look like us, or who don't vote like us, or who don't behave like us, and, and we like get into this moment of tension and aggra- aggravation and frustration, and we get angry, and we, we begin to view it as us versus them, and God says, tear down all those walls and just learn to love. Well, God, what about people Jesus says Love. What about what about him? Surely, God, you can't love him. Not only do I love him, I you need to love him too. Like everyone, love everyone. It's the center of the Christian life. So here are a few questions just to guide our, our thoughts. Um, number one: Am I loved? So I will never be become a loving person if I don't rest in the love that God has for me. And some of you, this is the only thing that you need to hear today. So. Lean in just a little bit. Listen, some of you feel unlovable. Maybe because someone said something to you in the past. Maybe because you think something, there's some insecurity, there's some ways that you view yourself, and you just don't feel lovable. Maybe it's because time and time again, someone's walked away from you, and you feel all alone. I want you to know, you need to know, that not only are you lovable, but you are loved. God has chosen you. You are not on your own in this world. You are loved by a Father in heaven, the creator of the universe. And he loves you more than you could ever imagine. And some of you just need to lean into that today. And it's so hard when we don't hear other people say, I know, I face that insecurity. I, not, not like many of you, but listen, God loves you, period. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. My parents used to say that. God loves and he chooses you. Now that's good news. That's good news. We'll never be able to love other people until we begin to realize that we are loved by our Heavenly Father. So what is love? What does it look like? Am I even a loving person? And and how can I develop how can I develop this capacity and the practice of loving others? And I think the New Testament, so much of the New Testament is built around these, these questions. And so here are just a few passages. Paul writes this, do everything in love. So here's the test. What should you do in love? Wait, everything? Everything. Like Everything in love? Do everything in love. Well, that seems kind of broad and unspecific. Yeah, love should mark every decision that you make. Love should mark everything in your life. If you're a follower of Jesus, love is the way, the path, the thing. Most important of all, continue to show a deep love for one another. Look at this one. I love this passage. I think this is from Peter, uh, 1 Peter 4. Most important of all, continue to show a deep love for each other, for love covers what? a multitude of sins. How many of you have ever hurt someone that you cared about? <laughs> Come on, raise your hand. Everybody, up high. Be proud about it. You've hurt somebody probably this morning. You wish you, wish you could change it, don't you? I mean, I've, as a parent, there are so many things I wish I could go back and change. Can I get an amen from anybody in the room? Do you feel that? Like I made mistakes yesterday. I make mistakes. What is the thing, for a follower of Christ, what is the thing that can fix mistakes? Listen, you'll never be perfect. I'll never be perfect. None of us will ever be perfect. What is the thing that can help heal the wounds that we create? Love. Love. Love is the path and the practice that can cover the mistakes and the sin that we all enact on each other. Love is the way. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Jesus. Well, what's the example of Jesus? Well, Jesus, just two big things that Jesus did. Number one, he washed the feet of his disciples, probably even the one who would betray him. He washed their feet. He was a servant. He humbled himself. He didn't think of himself as being more important. He actually humbled himself. He washed their feet. And then he gave up his whole life. He sacrificed everything for us. And that's that's what it means to follow the example of Jesus, to humble ourselves and to make sacrifices for the people we encounter. That's loving like Jesus. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves knows God. Ugh. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Did you know that I can be a scholar of this? This is the Bible, by the way. I brought my big one today. Um, did, Did you know that I can be a scholar of this and still not know God? I can know a lot about God. I can have a lot of questions about God. I can can focus my whole life on knowing what's in here. John tells me that still if I don't have love, I don't know God. Love. For the whole law can be summed up like this, love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law. All of it. Now, I know, I I believe you should read your Bible. Hashtag read your stinking Bible. There's good stuff in here. Um, But I know you're busy. I'm busy. I I know it's a challenge to to focus and and to read Scripture. So let me just, in the moments that you don't have time to read this, I think you should make time. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I think you should work on it. But in the moments that you don't have time to read it, choose to love your neighbor. Like, focus on that one. If, if we can just focus on that one, how many of you think the world would be a better place? Just the one. Just one. If we could just get the one thing, it would be such a better place. So I think you should read this. Please don't hear I mean, you're gonna, some of you are going to send me emails or, like, you're going to put on social media, our pastor said the Bible's not important. You didn't hear me say that, right? <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when, when, when you don't have time or this kind of gets lost or put to the side, like, if we could just remember the one Everything is summed up in this one, love your neighbor as yourself. Love, and here's why, because love works. Love is the thing that works in this world. It's a choice that you'll never regret, to love someone else in the way of Jesus. Love works, but you have to work at it. Like it doesn't just come naturally. Um, To love the folks in your church is taxing and trying and testing. Like look to your left and right. It's tough. Love is tough, right? It's not easy. It, it It creates all sorts of tension to love other people It, it creates all sorts of tension in, in life, which is why we've got to work at it. So how do we work at it? Well, here it is I'm going to read one passage of scripture and if you've gone to a if you've ever been at a wedding, you've heard this one. I use it at weddings, but really it's for it's for the church this This is what love is best definition of love uh, that exists in you, you cannot find a better definition of love than what you can find in Paul's writing in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13. So here it is. I just want to read this to close our time together. You want to work at love? You want to develop the capacity and practice of love? Here it is. Here's what Paul says. If I speak with human eloquence and, <laughs> and angelic voices, thank you, Faith. But I don't love. I'm nothing but the cracking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power and I reveal all of his mysteries and I make everything plain to us, and if I have faith that says to one of these mountains, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor, and I even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but if I, if I don't have love, I've, I've gotten nowhere. So listen, no matter what I say, and no matter what I believe, and no matter what I do, it's all bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. It's patient. Love cares more for others than it cares for the self. Love is kind. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. It's not envious. Love doesn't strut, it doesn't have a swelled head. Love is not boastful or proud or rude. Love doesn't force itself on others. It isn't always me first. Love doesn't fly off at the handle. And love doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Love doesn't revel when others grovel. Love takes pleasure wherever the truth wins. Love puts up with anything. It trusts God always. It always looks for the best. Love never looks back, but it keeps going to the end. So how do we expand our capacity and practice of love? We work on patience and kindness. We work on humility and sacrifice for the good of others. And that's just the first four. So once you get those good, there's some more tucked in there for you. Uh, A question that I wrote years ago that um, I'm trying to live my life by, but it's so hard. I mess this up all the time, but here it is. What does love look like right here, right now? What does love look like right here, right now? And when 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 we can begin to ask that question and see it and then work on it, ah, we are moving in the way of Jesus. And that, is what honors God more than anything else in our lives. Uh, I'm going to ask you to stand with me, and we're going to sing uh, this last song together. And as we do, um, we're, we got stations around the room like we always do. There's communion here at the front, and there's some in the back. And, and here's the deal. Um, for many of you, you, you feel unlovable. And, and I hope, if that's you today, that you hear that God loves you. And I hope you'll take communion, because communion is the symbol that reminds us of the sacrifice of Jesus, his body broken and his blood poured out. A reminder of his love, God's love for you, not just then, but now. There's some candles in the back of the room and that represents God's presence. So maybe you just want to light a candle and ask God's presence to be with you. There's a prayer team in the back of the room and maybe you just need some prayer. We just want to give you space to move and respond to God. God, you are a good God And you love us more than we can imagine. And uh, the way of Jesus is the way of love. And I pray that we would be marked by his love. I pray that we would expand our capacity to love and our practice of love. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.